This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. This is a special episode of Obsessed. It's one of our Obsessed reviews where we talk about a pop culture thing that we are obsessed with. And I think it's fair to say that I am 100% obsessed with our topic today. Right now, as we record, we are going to talk about Avengers Endgame. And here to obsess with me is my partner in life and podcasting, Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello, I'm here to be obsessed. Do you feel obsessed? I do. Given that we saw the movie <laughs> last night and we've kind of talked about nothing else. We briefly discussed uh, getting donuts. We but did. besides that, I don't think we've spoken about any other topic <laughs> since we saw the film. Well done, us. <laughs> well done, us. And now we get to say some of those things into microphones Yay, so other humans can listen. It's, did you say it's the life? I did. <laughs> it's such a delightful, old-worldy kind of phrase. That's the life. <laughs> <laughs> Saying things about things you're obsessed about into microphones. That's the life. It sure da, is. Da, 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 da. Ah, and I want to say this right away, because sometimes I say it too late, but awooga, awooga, spoilers. This is a yeah. spoiler-drenched conversation about Avengers Endgame. So if you have not seen the movie yet... Uh, pause, go see it, then listen to this podcast. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, we got to, uh, we've talked about a lot of the MCU movies, either in some of the bonus episodes for for Patreon supporters or uh, some of these obsessed reviews. We talked about of Infinity War last year, so it's really fun to dig into this one. Yeah. So let's do it. First off, uh, we start these obsessed reviews episodes by discussing why we saw this film. <laughs> In this context, it's silly, isn't it? <laughs> that, because that, we're humans alive in the year 2019. We're seeing this film, well, but other reasons we're, too. We're humans alive, but we and we have seen all of the other films, right? But this like, isn't like some obscure indie little like what? Oh, why did you see that in, in yeah. enchanting little film? Like right, no. right. No, this is uh, a very big moment culturally for um, for many people, and especially for anybody who has been a fan of the MCU. I kind of think this isn't going to be the one that people skip. Yeah, right. There's not going to be any debate of like, do you need to see that one? Yeah. Like, yeah do you need to see Thor The Dark World? Which we'll talk about more. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's going to be none of that. Yeah. None yeah, of that. No. You know, I saw Infinity War. Do I need to see Endgame? <laughs> Infinity War seemed like the end, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you're a Thanos fan, it seemed like the end. That's but no. Right. No. Yeah, I, I obviously, the reason we saw this is because it is the culmination of over a decade of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the movie really successfully felt like, yes, this is about the whole story that's come before. But I was really struck by wanting to see the movie for the journey of enjoying a story, but how much it did feel like honestly reflecting about my and our life as well. Oh yeah. It felt to me like there's, we have so much ongoing storytelling in, uh, in our world right now Mm -hmm. and where you can really invest because like, Oh wow, I've, I've watched this story for a long time. I really invest in these characters. I'm really extra curious to know how it works out. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, because the advertising and the film itself really did look back on the individual movies, I really felt struck by the feeling of where was I as a human when this began and where am I now? And seeing like, mm. oh, they're going to 2012 if 
you know, Cap and Tony and Rocket and Black Widow were visiting me in the year 2012. Yeah. What version of me would they encounter? You know, like I, I'm. It was. I. It just really made me think about not only the journey of of being invested in this narrative, but how the journey can reflect your own life. Yeah, that's very good self retrospection, and <laughs> and I should have some of that. <laughs> you don't need to. I don't know if I came to any sort of deep epiphany about myself. I think I just felt it yeah. much stronger than I expected to, that mm. that was part of the power of the movie of, I don't I don't want this chapter of my life to be over, the chapter mm. where every couple of years yeah. I get to see Cap and Tony and the yeah. Hulk and Black Widow and the gang, you know, in yeah. the theater. And just that, I think that's maybe what it is, that sense of joy at a continuing story. And you want to look at your own life as a continuing story. And this was such a great and bittersweet, and and I think, you know, a lot of sweet within the bittersweet of, well, chapters come to a close and you've got to move on. And normally I'm pretty good about that philosophy of chapters come to a close and and you need to move on. But I think I really felt it because it was such a reflection of how, of the last decade of all of our lives. Yeah. Not just as fans, but as humans of like, and that chapter's closing. Absolutely, absolutely. But do you feel like as a moviegoer, um, whether with all movies or with certain movies, you you connect your experience of seeing the movie with things that are going on in your life? Sometimes, well, if, not, if yeah, not always. Yeah, like sometimes I'll like remember the specific vibe of that time. Like mm-hmm. I think uh, The Force Awakens in particular because <laughs> it was such a big cultural event. Yeah. Um, that I will always uh, uh, connect to the like vibe of that time. But there was something about this that it was really marked out. Like, I think, you know what, part of it, uh, honestly, is is we were sort of building towards our big life transition that we went through of moving to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we love going to our Arclight. And the first Arclight movie we saw was Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and like knowing in like 2013, when you know Iron Man uh, 3 came out we were planning to move to Los Angeles but we hadn't told anybody yet and there was something about just that demarcation of kind of marching mm. year by year that made me think much more about just like journeys and chapters yeah yeah that's very yeah that's, that's very interesting oh well good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be terrible if you're like that's not very interesting at all <laughs> why are we talking about this no, yes. no I, I do think it's very interesting um, and it's interesting how to show how movies and the story affects us because it is, it sounds like for you and I suspect for many people, it is more than just, it's the story that you want to keep going. It's the, you know, you want the next comic book, you want the next book in a series. You don't want the series to end and it, and it's not ending. But like you said, this, this chapter is, you know, it's like if you're in school, is this, you know, high school is over. Yeah. And now we see what happens next for people. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that my final comment on this is like, yes, there are plenty of narratives that tell that story of a chapter closes and you need to move on. And it's one thing if you see like a two hour movie and you're like, yep, that was two hours of my Sunday and uh, the afternoon of Sunday is closed. Yeah. But when you've walked through that story with people for 11 years, you're like, yeah, yeah time time does move and things change. It's been 11 years. 11 you know? years, yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's yeah. get into <laughs> the film okay, itself. That's our, that's our podcast. Bye. <laughs> Big overall review for you. Two thumbs up. 
two thumbs up. <laughs> Pause for a moment to remember how many thumbs I have. I believe it is just two, so I will put both of them thumbs up. Well, if you have a third thumb, congratulations <laughs> on hiding it from me for so very long. Uh, yeah, me too. Two big thumbs up. Uh, I think my big overall reaction is that this was such a great culmination of the story that really made it feel like all sorts of bits and pieces of all of these, you know, 20 plus movies yeah. mattered to this movie. Yes. And I think it was just a delightful mix of things that felt, uh, to quote Thanos, inevitable mm. of things of characters moving towards where they were always going to go and things about the movie that were like just a total fun surprise, mm-hmm. like in the total grab bag of how, what, what of the amazing different magic science, you know, tricks that they might have up their sleeve what are they going to use to try to correct this yeah so the idea that it was a time heist was a fun like yep that was one of the things on the table but what a fun delightful surprise yeah so such a mixture of i think uh fulfillment of expectation and desire and fun surprise Mm-hmm, absolutely. I I know thinking yesterday about going to the movie or thinking for days about going to the movie, that was one of the things that I was most excited about is I really didn't feel like I knew what this movie was going to include. Yeah. I didn't feel like I did. I felt like I did not know what's like um, how they were going to tell the story, what that story, like some aspects of the story I knew, I suspected it was going to be a reaction to what had happened in the previous movie <laughs> and what they were going to try to do about it. But um, but how they would go about it, I felt like the how was, to me, a, a big unknown, and I uh, managed to actually avoid, I think, all spoilers going into it. And also, no, and also the big question of where will we be at the end? Right. And it was such a fun going into this movie, not that we go into other movies like knowing, like, oh, this is going to be this, but... Um, I, it just was a an extra level of delight for me going into it, just being like, I'm so excited to see this movie, and I don't know what's going to happen, and I just know these characters are going to be there, and like, yeah, hooray! Yeah. I think I've been thinking a lot about, you know, the storytelling differences between what versus how, mm-hmm. partially because, you know, think and talk so much about Star Wars, and I think um, uh, Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker is in a similar position where my personal belief is, they're not going to end that nine movie cycle by the darkness wins <laughs> and <laughs> Kylo Ren destroys uh, Ben Solo and, you know, and murders Ray Poe and Finn. Like, I don't think, I think there's going to be a victory <laughs> for the heroes. So the pleasure, the excitement, the culmination of the character arcs all becomes about the how. And yeah. this was so like, you know, like when we saw Infinity War and, it, you know, it had the sort of Avengers will return kind of thing. And somebody stood up in the theater and yelled, how? Half of them are dead. <laughs> uh, and that everybody's like, yeah, they already announced the Spider-Man movie. Of course he's going to come back. Yeah. It's just a great way, I think, to focus on that the joy of a story is almost always how. Yeah. And certainly what is important, but particularly in final chapters, how, how. is so much more important than what. Yeah, because I really didn't think that we would end with Thanos live, well, winning. Yeah. Like that is I would have been very surprised if we ended this movie with everybody is dead and Thanos is alive. Yeah, like the city, uh, you know, the planet, <laughs> the whole universe is thriving and we're like, well, he did murder our loved ones, but got to hand it to him, he's a great civic planner. Like I do yeah, like right. <laughs> this is one of the many things I liked about this movie that it showed in no uncertain terms that in the story they're telling, Thanos is wrong. 
Yeah. This doesn't help. It makes things right. worse. Right. It's not that five years later, everything's humming along and like, yep, we go to our memorial services. But other than that. Yeah. And yeah. you get that one line from Cap of like, well, at least there's some whales in the Hudson, <laughs> which I loved. The bad habit of optimism that he yep. has. Uh, so let's dive into yes. the details of what we liked. This is always the longest part of our review episodes. <laughs> so uh, I have a list. Yeah. I want to throw it to you first. What are some of the big things that jumped out to you of like, oh, I love that? I mean, okay, there's so many. I know. Um, but if we're looking at, at bigger things... I have a list too, so there. Um, I certainly uh, uh, so this is this is a little thing, but a big thing. I liked how, and you already mentioned a little bit, but I liked how well they kind of had um, homage to most, if not all, of the previous films. Yes, from characters showing up um, that you wouldn't necessarily think, like we got to see Jarvis, which uh, Jarvis was such a delightful surprise because they normally keep the. TV uh, version of the MCU at a little bit of an arm's length. Mm -hmm. And since we know that Jarvis, James Darcy from Mm -hmm. the Agent Carter TV show, that was extra special surprise to get to see him on the big screen. I totally forgot he hadn't been in the movies. Yeah, unless I'm spacing something, he's never been in the movies. Oh, yeah, no, I I totally spaced that. But just, yeah, like to me, that's such a great, that was extra bonus because because of liking the TV show Agent Carter so much. But um, but just the homage throughout to uh, feeling like like they were building their mountain um, and using all of the parts that they had and you know all the through lines and small details and big details and I just thought that that was really well done and it didn't to me it did not feel winky winky or like yep we see what we're doing I mean and obviously they did but I felt like it was handled with such a deft touch yeah. I so think that's one of the things I really liked. Yeah, I think because they've they've built that very specific sense of humor where the characters aren't I don't feel like the characters wink at the camera, but I feel like the characters are always a little bit more grounded in the real world where they're aware that, oh wow, it's it's weird that I've become a superhero. But now ten years later, superheroes are standard. Like they've always been kind of self aware. Yeah. Um, so I think the bits of being self aware where they like make fun of Back to Future and say that it's that's bullshit and then basically do Back to the Future too, where they're interacting with their own movies and even some kind of jokes that like dance on the edge of meta where, you know, you have the reverse shot of the famous shot from the first Avengers movie where everyone is posed lingering over Loki and then you hear Tony go like, Okay, we can we can pose later. Like <laughs> things that just dance on the edge of meta but feel True for the characters, because yeah. the characters, especially some of them, like Tony, kind of handle life by being kind of self-critical of every moment. Yeah. Uh, that's really powerful to me. Yeah. The, th- the I think in some ways, one of the incorporating all the surprises mm-hmm. of the past yeah. that was most interesting to me, because it did feel a little meta, was the uh, Thor the Dark World. Mm. Like, if yeah. you, if you knew ahead of time, if they had just told us like yep this is the plot it's gonna be a time heist they're gonna they're gonna have to interact with some of the movies from the mcu you'd be like yeah of course the avengers yeah guardians of the galaxy yeah but like thor the dark world Uh like it is the i think incredible hulk is the most just sort of like eh, take it or leave it Mm -hmm. but thor the dark world is i think the most maligned of where people are like that's always at the bottom of the list ugh so i like that there was the practical like well that is a good location for them to get 
uh, one of the Infinity Stones they're after. Yeah. But I did feel like Thor's <laughs> explanation of that when they were planning, where he basically recounts the plot of Thor the Dark World, yeah. that did feel a little meta. That did feel like the crafters of the MCU going, oh, okay, fans, for the most part, you're pretty awesome. But you are all down on this movie, so we're going to retell it to you. Right. Here you go. You have to sit through it. <laughs> Thor is going to narrate Dark World, and you're going to like it. But yeah, yeah. I, don't, I think very few people would have predicted, yes, Rene Rousseau would return yeah. as Thor's mom. And that was all powerful and, I think, important, and I think one, where one of the big thematic ideas of the movie comes from. Yes, uh, Which we'll talk about more about big themes. Yeah. What else is on your list of, of stuff you liked? Um, there's so many. I'll just say, uh, I'll say two. One, I really like, uh, we've had for a few movies, the, um, I liked where Bruce Banner and the Hulk ended up like his finding peace within himself of being Bruce Hulk. Oh yeah. Professor uh, Hulk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because I just feel, you know, we've had that, um, that fight that he has been having of trying to find himself. And that's just a detail, but I really liked that sense of by the time we get to the five years later, he has found a way to cope, not necessarily to move on, but just to kind of find his own reality of this is what my life is how do I deal with this? And that he has found a way to deal with that. And I just thought that was really elegant. Um, so I liked that. And the other one I know is also one that you like. So I feel like it's a good one to say and then toss off to you, which is Captain America getting Thor's hammer. Oh, yes. it's just great. And now yes. I'll let you. Uh, because if I may share, <laughs> we were sitting in the movie theater and he, the hammer started going toward Captain America and you shouted out a big yes, which was awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. Uh, it, it, I, it's the first thing on my list of things that I love because I love uh, every character in the MCU. Captain America is the one that resonates the most with me. Uh, I love him. I think I. I love that this movie pointed out uh, of his many traits of that that optimism and looking on the bright side is mm-hmm. great, but sometimes can be a bit much and I, yeah. I I relate to that I think sometimes I am so desperate f- to, to see the light in the dark that I I would be the guy who like yep Thanos destroyed half the universe but whales in the Hudson like <laughs> I, so I love that so I'm super big on Cap um, and I was waiting for some of Cap's big hero moments yeah I felt like the movie was going as it should to to making this uh, uh, completing the arc of these movies that started with Iron Man mm-hmm. Iron Man's heroic the reason that Doctor Strange spared him, all these things. Mm-hmm. So I was waiting for those cap moments. Um, and I think I started saying, yeah, 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 quietly <laughs> when the hammer was moving because I thought I it was going to cap. And then I believe you did. It was so, it's so great to be in these big theaters full of fans where uh, I would not normally at a screening when a moment happens that I like feel the permission to scream. Yes, at the top of my lungs, which I did yeah. when Cap caught the hammer. Yeah. Oh, you were not remotely the only one screaming then, or there were people screaming with delight throughout. It was. Oh, yeah. It was wonderful. It was very accepted. I should include. That. Oh yeah, it, it wasn't. Like, it wasn't like everybody wasn't else like, was like. <gasps> Shh, we're trying to enjoy the drama, <laughs> sir. Yeah, there was no. There was none yeah. of that. None no, of that. Yeah, would, but just to feel the pure joy. Yeah. Emanating from you, it was delightful. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was just. It's just such a a great hero moment and a great thing that has been built from him moving it just a little bit in Age of Ultron and it yeah. making Thor a little bit nervous. Uh, 
and also it just uh, I that that whole scene where the three of them decide to take Thanos and they even have the line like it's probably a trap. Yeah. It's that it's this moment that feels beautifully flawed where it's almost all to me I, and we've only seen the movie once so I, yeah. some of these things might might shift as I see it again. Mm-hmm. Um but it seems we were reminded again and again in this movie about th- them as heroes and is mm-hmm. is people of virtue yeah ultimately and that is a moment where it feels like yeah it's a trap yep this is us truly avenging we just hate that guy and want to kick his ass and then to to see these three great heroes and and they can't stand up to him and right away at the beginning of the fight Thanos just keeps batting cap away so I think that's part of what just builds to the like uh the idea of uh, being having virtue, being resolute, being just a good person, like Erskine taps Cap's chest in his first movie and says, "Be this, be <laughs> a good person." Yeah. So that you want in real life for those things to have power, right? And it's just a delightful. It's one of the things that make these movies uh, a delightful fantasy to say, like, if you're a good enough person, a magic fucking hammer full of lightning. <laughs> will be there when you need it. it. It just, the hammer makes Cap's virtue literal power. Yeah. You know, that yeah. that he can wield so that he can stay in the fight. Can't even beat Thanos, but he can keep fighting. Yep. You know, so it's not only just the, like, it's so cool, it's so comic book, it's so well set up, but it just, it has that, to me, that deeper emotional power of it is symbolism and it is meaningful yeah. of why we like these films yeah. at all oh, to begin absolutely. with. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the whole podcast could be about Captain uh, and Thor's <laughs> hammer, and the, 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 the great beats in the fight where they they're switching them, and, and yeah. Thor's like, "No, you get the smaller one." Yep. And I love that, you know, it, with the, the heartbreak of his shield getting shattered in the fight with Thanos. Yeah. I love that when he when Cap's going to uh, put all the Infinity Stones back, uh, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that. I love that he's got the hammer. Yes. Because I yes. saw at least one person is like, "How's Cap going to do that all by himself?" He's like. Uh, he's he's he's, he's, got he's real smart. Yeah, uh, and he's got that hammer now. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I loved when um, he's a kid from Brooklyn with the power of a thunder god. Now, <laughs> exactly. Um, and but just one more thing about Cap having the hammer. I loved Thor. Is just like I knew it. Yeah, that was so. <laughs> yeah, there's so many moments in this that were like great writing, great fun, but also just like perfect catharsis. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and it dovetails with everything else with go with that's going on with Thor, with him having some like, oh man, yeah. self doubt of like, yeah, I knew it. Yeah, yeah, because because everybody, we the audience, Cap and Thor all saw Cap move that hammer a little bit, just a little bit, but yeah. it shot so well to be like, oh, did do did it just move an inch? Was Cap going to be able to totally pick it up and he? put it down so as to not hurt Thor's feelings. Like yeah. it's shot with enough ambiguity that you could play with it. You know, yep. and that great nervous look on Thor's face. Ex- ah. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love so much that. great payoff. Uh, yeah. The second thing on my list was uh, uh, professor Hulk. Oh, uh, <laughs> sorry. No, no, it's great. Uh, but I, I just love, uh, I love the comedy of that. And we'll talk more about this. Uh, what I think is one of the, the, the biggest themes about characters embracing themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that he seemed to have found this like true joy in, I have stopped running from what I thought was the bad side of me. You know, yeah. I have stopped being bisected and I'll 
I'm just all one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so great. And just honestly, just like some of the best to me comedy of the movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And throughout, I thought, I mean, many of the films, if not all of the films have a great use of comedy to deliver the story and, um, give our characters warmth and depth and yeah. uh, humanity in the broad sense. Yeah. But I felt like this movie in particular did a great job of yeah. use of comedy. You know, it was such a great Marvel thing to do that all of our heroes, five years later, are fractured and just kind of broken by the failure. Yeah. But there's such variety in that. Yeah. Where Tony, as he says, gets lucky. Yeah. Pe- Pepper survived the snap and yep. he gets to try to move on a little bit and... Bruce gets to try to move on a little bit. So it's it's fun out of all of our heroes to see a couple of them like, obviously, I would do anything to change this. But I've also struggled forward, you know, in a yeah. way that some of our other characters haven't been able to struggle forward. So yeah. it's Professor Hulk to me represented that this good balance of, you know, life life goes on. Yeah. And I feel like also basically the whole time we've seen him and other people, this is true, too. But particularly uh, with him, he has been fractured the whole time we've seen him. Yeah. Like that that is our story with him. And so it was fun to see that he finds a little bit of resolution and not that he wouldn't do anything to change what had happened, clearly. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And it did seem like a little of the Hulk personality that we got to really meet in Ragnarok. Yeah. Who, you know, is, you know, a little bit uh, vain and a little bit just forward charging uh, and... You know, the, the Hulk just seems like a big raw nerve, as he's described in the original Avengers movie. And that kind of translated to the way they show the character of the Hulk of like he feels, you know, victory and he feels shame and he feels these things strongly. And like Thanos kicked his ass, so he doesn't want to come out. So like that mm-hmm. idea of like, I don't know, it just seemed like that was the character we saw on screen in Endgame was uh, truly the mix of this charming, mild, you know, scientist Bruce Banner with this big loud vain creature yeah. that is the hulk you know yeah. and that translates into yeah the hulk's happy to take selfies yeah absolutely <laughs> with kids yeah no and that, it was yeah. great it hulk was so vain <laughs> yeah that's what i'm getting at uh another thing on my list is uh just the uh general idea that was really represented in the in the time heist section about knowledge being power mm, and yeah. maybe touch on this a little bit more when we, when we dig into themes but these were the, the most explicit ones were cap moments you know yeah. that, that great elevator thing uh, <laughs> that, I, that as soon as i saw rumlow crossbones get into the elevators like oh here we go we're gonna do we're gonna do the elevator again uh yeah and the fact that cap uses his knowledge that these are all scumbags these are all hydra of the hail hydra whisper yeah of the the clever solution that uses knowledge and then when he has to fight himself and uses the knowledge of well uh, what what will shake me Bucky's yeah. still alive yes. so just that it was just in a big action blockbuster with lots of punching and fighting and explosions which is great which i love to also just have that reminder that knowledge is power mm-hmm. and i think we saw that in, in uh, tony's conversation with his father too where tony had the benefit of this wealth of experience Mm. Of what is gonna, what has happened to him? Yeah, what is going to happen to his father that he's going to be murdered? Yeah, you know, and, and it just it's just so informed by knowledge, and mm-hmm. you know the the Tony Stark that we know in Iron Man two or even Iron Man three couldn't have had 
that uh, profound of a conversation with his father. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just one of the things that when it's happening, you're like, oh, oh, this shouldn't happen. Something's going to go horribly wrong. But was just delightful to me of that whole conversation between the two of them. Yeah, is absolutely beautiful. Um, one of the other things on my list uh-huh. is the rat. The rat. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> uh, the, there's a rat that just walks over a button of equipment in the storage oh. in the van. In the van. And that, to me, was just like, okay, that's just a. That's how uh, Scott Lang Ant Man comes back. Yeah. Who. You know, gets everything moving. Yeah. And it just, uh, uh, it connected so beautifully to me of in Infinity War, Doctor Strange looking at 14 million versions of how everything <laughs> plays out. And the only, it, it just made it make sense that for all of our heroes work and all of our heroism, there needed to be one version of the timeline where a rat stepped on. On the right button. <laughs> on the right button is like, is that part of what Doctor Strange was was rifling through? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like, obviously, he saw the fact that Tony's the only one who will end this. Yeah, in that Tony needs to live, and I feel like that's that's one of those um, what versus how. Like that was all satisfying because it feels like it was so clearly set up. Yeah, in Infinity War, that many of us could have predicted those exact beats, but they were still so satisfying just to see. Oh, absolutely. Play out. So yeah. amazingly satisfying yeah. to see it play out. But yeah, I, I like the rat. Um, the, I want to acknowledge the teen at the funeral. Yes, which is, yes. Sorry, go ahead. No, please, <laughs> please tell me, tell me your teen at the funeral feelings. Because I have, I, have, I have on my list some bigger picture things and some small details. And this is one where I, you looked it up for us uh, because I was like, I feel like I should know that person. And then once you told me, you're like, it's the kid. I was like, the kid from Iron Man 3. I didn't even give you that much. I just said it is a character that we know from Iron Man's life. And you figured it out from there. Yeah, because when we, before the movie last year, we had rewatched all of the movies leading up yeah. to it. And uh, as you probably remember. <laughs> and I remember feeling so strongly in that rewatch that the kid, Harley, was going to show up again. Yeah. He is absolutely going to show up, whether he's going to be like the new Iron Man or he's going to show up, not necessarily in the Avengers movies, but like he is absolutely part of this canon and we are going to see him again. Yeah. And I had just kind of forgotten about that in the intervening year. And so as soon as you said that to be like, wait, the kid, the kid that we knew was going to show up, the kid is there. (laughs) Of course the kid is at Tony's funeral. Yeah. Um, That was just so incredibly satisfying. Yeah, yeah. And it will be even more satisfying on a rewatch because I admit it was a little distracting because the the camera lingered so beautifully on all of the different people that you knew from different groups. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're like, ah, them. Oh, but, oh, but where's Gamora? Oh, but this, but that, but that. And that, who's that teen? (laughs) What, what, what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then uh, when we got home, I it's the celebration of community around these movies. I just Googled teen at a funeral and I got a lot of uh, self-help advice yeah. uh, uh, websites. But then I did teen at a funeral Avengers. And then I saw 87 articles titled, who was that teen? Because <laughs> uh, I heard heard fans mumbling about it as they left the theater. Absolutely. Who's a teen? Who's a teen? Yeah. A really interesting choice to say that that character, that actor needs to be there. Yeah. And unless you followed that actor as he's got older, do, do you, why would you recognize him? Yeah. Well, and that, I think that's part of it because like if it had been the kid, maybe, but the kid has grown 
up a few years because yeah. time has passed both in reality and in the movies. Yeah. And yeah, no, so, yeah I thought just, that was just uh, beautiful. Yeah, a really fun and interesting uh, uh, beat. Uh, the la- the, This what did we like section could we go on forever, but I did <laughs> want to say I really enjoyed how they handled uh, Captain Marvel, not only as a Ooh, character yeah. for being not in the movie a ton, mm-hmm. uh, but for uh, I think doing a really good narrative job of honoring how extremely powerful the character is within the canon of the MCU. Yeah. Uh, so I love that she was able to do things that nobody else could, that she was the one who rescued Tony yeah. and Nebula, which is all because... And Rocket. And it's all because Nick Fury called her. Yep. You know? Uh, yeah. And I love that that scene of the, the guns turning at yeah. something else yeah. and her just destroying all the ship destroying that ship and the specific shot of the guns going like limp yeah. like they're like okay sorry yeah. <laughs> we won't try that again yeah um and then I, I think it was handled well to show that she could really take it to thanos he punched her with an infinity stone you know and she yeah. probably would have come hurtling back seconds later but i thought it was a really deft way to uh let this story finish where Tony Stark was going to be the hero yeah. without downgrading her power yeah. or her importance in any way. You know, just understandably taking her out of the fight for these critical couple of minutes. Yeah. So Tony Stark could finish his arc. Yeah, absolutely. Does that make sense? I want to be. I I want to hear your opinion about that. No, I agree. And I was thinking about that even with um with earlier in the film because I was very excited. You know, as we talked about also on the podcast and in real life, <laughs> um, how much I liked the movie and was very excited she was going to be part of this. But there is that push pull with different uh, characters who have like they truly just do have different amounts of strength. Like yes. she can fly through outer space. That is a different thing. Yeah. Um, the Falcon does has not, a cool jetpack. It does. She's not, yeah. a cosmic God. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't diminish the others, but, but it's hard. Like how do you have a fight where you show other people? And so I, I loved how, um, how clear she was in the phone calls of like, yes, you guys are there for earth. This is going on everywhere. I have to help other planets. Right. Which I thought was a really deft way also of um of taking her of taking her out of some of the other places and you know also you know she didn't have the the knowledge or the history for some of the when they're going back to new york during the you know other avengers movie yeah um but i thought that was a very nice uh, way of dealing with that so no i thought it worked really well and i had forgotten until you reminded me when we were talking about this this morning without microphones in front of our faces <laughs> that she specifically had been punched with one of the stones. Um, Cause I just was trying to remember, I, I was so taking everything in, but also was reacting and was probably had tears in my eyes as well. And just had a lot of stuff going on with seeing it once. I was trying to just reconstruct for myself kind of some of the moments of everything toward the end. Yeah. And so it was great to have that reminder, but I, I, I loved that. I loved her flying through the spaceship. Yeah. And just, just crumpling it. I, that was beautiful. Yeah, I I think they continually do a good job of balancing so many characters, letting them be as powerful as they really are. Yeah. And and I I don't think very often downgrading characters out of convenience. Yeah. um, And letting so many people have hero moments while also being like this big team. Yeah. And it also makes sense to me that Thanos, you know, had some video of how the heroes went at him before. So he maybe had some ideas about how to fight back of like, yeah, they're going to be all about trying 
to get the glove off me, they're going to be all about trying to keep my fingers apart. So yeah. the move that he does on Captain Marvel where he switches the, you know, one of the stones to the other hand. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, I, that's just, a, I appreciate that's that it's point. all narrative and it makes sense. So it still respects the character and how powerful and yeah. how awesome she is. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and then we get, get more. And yeah, that like, Hey, I, I want to help, but I'm dealing with the whole universe. Yeah. Is it was really, really I cool. I feel like it was handled very well. Um, any well, I want to ask you about this in our "What did you like?" section. Okay, tell me your thoughts and feelings on the passing of Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow. I cried. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, oh, I have so many thoughts, and most of them are not really uh, comprehensible. But I, I did not see it coming. Okay, uh, I had ta- thought about. We had talked about. Um, and I had also thought about a lot about like, okay, who's still going to be standing at the end of this movie? Yeah. Um, and it isn't that I specifically thought she would be standing and I don't mean that I didn't think about her, but I just, it hadn't occurred to me that she would be basically the one, I mean, not the one, one of the ones who had to die. But as soon as she and Hawkeye went to, um, were the ones who were assigned to the soul stone, I was like, Oh God damn it, you guys. <laughs> um, Did you just feel like it was inevitable that it would be Black Widow and not Hawkeye Ronan? No, I knew it would be one of them. And I um, I mean, I I like both of them. I personally like Black Widow more. But um, but I'm nodding in agreement. <laughs> you are nodding in agreement. But just with the two of them and just knowing like, OK, these we've seen these two um, and their friendship. And just knowing, like, okay, this is what's going to have to happen. And just that, like, that that is going to be part of the story. Yeah. And I suspected that, oh, however it would end up, which is, you know, they had the whole fight about who would sacrifice themselves and for the I, other I one. And I love that. That seemed so honest and was it so did cool. Seem, yeah. And I loved that because part of the reason that they're able to get, um, you know, with the whole, like, Hawkeye's reaction to his family disappearing with anger and then the reason he's here is because there's any chance they might come back. And yeah. he's like, but is, is he going to offer to sacrifice himself because all he wants is to see his family? Yeah. And then he does because it's Natasha. Um, anyway. Yeah. I don't need to explain what happened in the movie because all of you who are listening <laughs> have watched the movie. There. Um, but I thought that the way it was handled was so well done. I the the fact that they had to keep fighting each other yeah and um and kind of uh, and they know each other so well and keep outwitting each other but i i loved that the final moments and i do want to see it again but in the moment i felt like uh sorry i'm rambling but i felt like the um when she was holding on and it's like you just need to let go yeah and there's that beautifully framed shot of her yeah it was just great yeah okay uh, that, I, to me, I th- I mean, I I want her to. I don't want her to be gone. I want whether it's with her friends or with in some other realm. But I also felt like just going back to the big picture theme of the arc. She had such a good, um, a good arc and a good f- feeling. It felt like she felt closure for herself. Yeah, that she had been trying to find peace. She had found her family with the Avengers. She's the one, you know, as she said in the phone call, like, I've been here. I'm here. Like, you guys can call me. I'm here. Yeah. And so she is going to do whatever she can to save her family, which is the Avengers. Yeah. 
And I, I really, I think it's really beautiful. And I think I, one of the things I really liked uh, that really helped the sweet part of bittersweet is I feel like all of our heroes experienced happy endings, but not always at the end. Mm. Like she had her happiest moments when the Avengers were there and thriving and she had purpose. And yeah. it connects so much to, uh, we meet her in Iron Man too, but I feel like we truly meet the character in Avengers and her driving force is I, you know, was raised as a spy. I was, you know, kind of made to do awful, immoral things. I then did even more awful, immoral things for shield slash Hydra. Some of them I understood why I was doing some, I was being manipulated by Hydra. Yeah. And you know, the, uh, the line that goes back and forth between her and Hawkeye and Avengers of like, there's some red in my ledger. Yeah. And there, there was a part of me that expected that literal line to be called back because it was so much what was going back and forth between her and and uh, uh, Clint mm-hmm. of that idea of I want to truly do what I can to make to put as much heroism in the world because in the past I've done things that I regret and knowing the story that Clint rescued Clint was sent to assassinate her for being a Russian agent mm-hmm. and instead rescued her and, yeah. you know, brought her into this family eventually. Yeah. Um, and then Clint had gone down this dark path of becoming this horrible, murderous vigilante. Yeah. And then she came for him, mm-hmm. you know, so that, that trading back and forth of like, I want to rescue you. I want to rescue you. I want to rescue you. But yeah. them both being in that place of knowing like, I need to cleanse my soul yeah. by doing what is right and saving as many people as I can. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think all of that was really, really powerful and, and interesting mm-hmm. to me. Uh, the It is not confirmed, but it is, of course, rumored and discussed a ton that there's going to be a Black Widow movie. And there was a part of me that thought that she would make it through because I thought the Black Widow movie would be moving forward. Yeah. And it still and might I be. It might that. be her adventures <laughs> is a spirit inside the soul stone. Yep. Who knows? She and Gamora can but, go b- do a buddy cop movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a, it, a buddy. Yeah. Kick-ass movie. I think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is going to be Search for Gamora. Like, <laughs> is past Gamora still? We'll get in, we'll yeah. talk about Gamora. But um, yeah. Uh, I do want, I don't really know where this fits into the podcast, so I want to throw it out here yeah. re- real quick, and then we'll move on to some other uh, ideas. But I'm really intrigued by everything that uh, Marvel has announced because there's Slate. So allegedly, yep, this Black Widow movie. Mm-hmm. Not confirmed yet, but rumored and reported massively. Uh, and then the a lot of the uh, Disney Plus television shows they have announced are possibly looking backwards. Could be yeah. something else, but you know we've, we've got a, a Vision and Scarlet Witch uh, show. As of now, Vision is dead, dead. Yep. Uh, we have a Falcon and Winter Soldier, which since Falcon has been given the nod to be Captain America, makes me feel like, is that going to be in the future moving forward? Is that going to be the story of Falcon becoming Captain America? And, and if so, is. why is it called Falcon and Winter Soldier yeah. instead of Captain America and Winter Soldier as, uh, yeah. as they become a crime fighting duo together in the future there's a loki tv show and again in canon right now loki is dead so uh what all of this is getting to is fans of the mcu have been passionate about every i i go see every movie because it's moving the big picture story forward Mm -hmm. and a huge amount of complaints 
against the Star Wars movie Solo was, yeah, sure, it's got this emotional canon. You learn more about Solo, but it doesn't move the story forward. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so fascinated how fans are going to react if this whole slate of television shows and even movies are all like, yep, this all happens before Infinity War and uh, uh, Endgame. Yeah. And it might enhance your emotional understanding of these characters. You get to spend more time with them, but it's not going to be that same narrative drive of you have to see all these TV shows in order to understand the nuances of the next Captain Marvel movie. Which yeah. is MCU has been a train barreling forward narratively. And people have liked that. Yeah. And I'm so fascinated to see if people get upset if the train is like narratively going backward. I don't care because I just like to spend time with the characters. And yeah. I feel like emotional truths and things, you know, if the, the Black Widow movie is kind of her life getting to the Avengers or whatever, great. Yeah. It'll make it, all of her appearances in the MCU more emotionally resonant. But I know some fans are like, but I know how our story ends, so why do we... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think with the TV shows, because uh, I believe that a lot of the TV shows are not as... They're not in necessarily in the same canon, or at least they don't interact with each other in the same way. Um, they're, they're in the same canon, but they, yes. don't, um, they don't intermingle. That has been true of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and yeah. Agent Carter, but I think Disney Plus, this is a new, new ballgame. Right. And, and true of the Netflix shows, um, mm-hmm. of the whole uh, Defenders-verse. But right. this is but this is a different ball game. Yeah. No, no I think moving it'll forward be with Disney Plus. Yeah. 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 Uh, so anyway, I'm yeah. very fascinated to see how fans uh, uh react to that. And if my assumptions are true, maybe a lot of this is forward moving somehow. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, which would very be very exciting. interesting. All right. Okay. Anything you didn't like, weren't sure about, or questioned? Um I'm sure there are. Not things I can think of right now, so I'll pass it to you. <laughs> well, in our human talking life, you already talked <laughs> me through uh, one of the things I wasn't sure about. I was torn about there being no end credits. Because oh. on the one hand, end credit scene, yeah. there's end credits. Oh, yes. A lot of them. Uh, I love the... Uh, I love the uh, the graphics and the the signatures of the original six. Beautiful, yeah. wonderful, uh, with the flashbacks to important moments in their in their lives. Yeah, oh, that was great, beautiful. But there's a on one hand, I think I have accepted that yes, this is truly the culmination of these stories, mm-hmm. and it features many characters who are going to go on: Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Spider Man, Doctor Strange, all all still moving forward. But yeah. this is really the closing of a chapter. So in one way, it's like, well, that really, no end credits really, really respects. That's the end of this story. Mm-hmm. And there's no other story to hint at. That's the end of this one. Yeah. But then there's a part of me, and this is the Captain America, at least there are whales in the <laughs> Hudson part, was like, it's bittersweet, but it's such an ending yeah. that there's a part of me that wanted that spark of, but the fight goes on, you stand up, I can do this all day. A part of me just wanted that. That dumb, even just a like little joke scene. Yeah. You know, but I think I'm, I think in my internal battle, I'm coming down on, it's better to just let a chapter end sometimes. Yeah. And that's to me what the no end credits represents because Mm -hmm. they could have absolutely thrown in something for Spider-Man Far From Home, which is coming out in moments. There's no end to 30 second funny jokes they could have done for an end credit scene. So I think it, it it just it kind of it respects the original six. Yeah. In this eleven year journey to just be like, nope, that's 
the end of the story. Yeah, and I feel like even some of the moments they had in the end of the film could have been used. Like, could they could have just had a joke of Thor back on the spaceship with the Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, um, or other ones. But I, I as it was as we were going toward the end, as the credits were rolling, I found for myself that I was torn because part of me honestly really didn't. I was like, that that should be it. Yeah. This one should not have yeah. an ending beat. And it's Don't like, you give me a funny group moment. <laughs> Don't you dare. Right? Yeah. But then part of like, but they do, and, and and they're usually really good, and that'll, that'll be something fun and interesting and different. So I was um, conflicted in what I wanted while it was going through, and I was honestly surprised yeah. that there was not one. I saw a spoiler that there was, wasn't any, and uh-huh. I honestly was like, I'm not sure I'm going to 100% trust that. Well, and I think that's smart. And I, you know, I, we, we often sit until the end of the credits usually, but not everybody in the theater does. And so the fact that everybody in the theater is sitting, it's like, oh, right. They, they probably, there must be one because everybody wouldn't be waiting. Otherwise people must already know. Yeah. And then the fact that there wasn't, and it was interesting to kind of hear the verbals of reaction, but mm-hmm. I, I I liked it. Yeah, I think one of the criticisms that I sometimes hear about the MCU, and, and I don't know if I hear it really from fans, but I think I hear it from people who are kind of film and pop culture buffs in general and are reflecting on the merits of different kinds of storytelling. Yeah. I've heard the criticism of like, it's fun that it continues, but what's what are the stakes of a story that never ends? And I feel like in a way, that's what this is. This is kind of an answer to those people of like, it mm. did end. Yeah. It was just really long. Yeah. You know, but this is the end of that story. There's n- nothing else to tease. Yeah. Even though there, there is literally there a movie is. coming out in a couple months with Spider-Man. Yeah. But don't worry about it. But yeah. the story will continue. But for this chapter, it's the end. Yeah. 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 Uh, I so that. I, I questioned that. It wasn't that I didn't like it. Um, this is a real, my other thing is a real, I just really need to see the movie again because this is uh, uh, me being obsessive about wanting something specific from the movie yeah and i'm not sure if it was there yeah um which is i love all of the debate between cap and tony throughout the movies um and in particular you know which really gets uh, boiled down in civil war in their great debate about cap being like well you know sometimes you have to uh just do what is right even if there are there are consequences because you have to do what is right. And in yeah. Tony being this sort of like obsessive, I'm willing to do anything to protect the earth. Right. And I loved his Tony's angry speech, pulling out direct lines and direct ideas about, I wanted a shield, but it was more important. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, more important to you that we didn't stamp, you know, trample on any of your precious <laughs> civic rights, you know, yeah. uh, and things like that. Um, and I feel like that, philosophical debate is kind of at the core of uh, uh, Cap and Tony's characters. Mm -hmm. And I was expecting Cap to have a more direct response. Mm, Yeah. uh, Because Tony's was so vitriolic and so on point of using, you know, actual lines from previous movies to, to really bring his point home of like all the crazy stuff, all the dangerous stuff, all the, you know, immoral stuff maybe I did was right because I was trying to prevent this. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to just hear a little bit more from Cap, specifically either his pushback on that or his, 
I agree with you 50%, but not this. Yeah. I feel like I got the emotional them coming together. I, I got that moment after the five years have passed where Tony admits that resentment will destroy you. And he was resenting Cap. And here's the peace offering of the shield, which has the literal connection to the line of, I want a shield around the, the earth. Um, and then, it, you know, at that point where Tony wants to kind of take a dangerous risk of like, I'm pretty sure my father and Hank Pym are at this installation at the same time. But yeah. do you trust me? Because I'm taking a chance. Yep. And to have Cap just say, I trust you. So like, I feel like there are like these great emotional moments, but um, I really want to watch the film again to kind of track Cap's exact response to these kind of philosophical debates. Mm, yeah. Um, and I feel like, I feel like what I got in the big picture is in Infinity War, there, there was this idea of like, we don't sacrifice one of our own. We mm-hmm. don't trade lives. Right. And I feel like that a lot of that was emanating from Cap's moral stance of Cap's like, you just, you don't do that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it was um, an evolution for Cap to be also on team, whatever it takes. Yeah. And that for all of them to be like, yes, we had this moral position that you don't do that. But there are so many points in Infinity War where if anyone had been willing to sacrifice Vision or, you know, other characters yeah. in specific moments, yeah, it could have been avoided. And I feel like maybe having Cap go to his journey of going, yes, uh, sacrifices need to be made, whatever it takes, is an acknowledgement of, I see Tony's argument up to a point. Yes, I think that's a great point. And it's one I'm looking forward to seeing again also because I I don't have the same, uh, <laughs> the same connection. to it, it isn't something that I went in... Looking for, so it isn't something that I feel like I missed. And as we've been talking about, like, oh, what is Cap's reaction? I keep feeling like, oh, but, you know, there there are times maybe he is willing to sacrifice something. But I think it's also the it's the self-sacrifice versus sacrifice of somebody else in the group. Yeah, I think is a big line yes. for him because, you know, you think about the self-sacrifice and he is a soldier. I mean, go back to the to the um, test in Captain America that proved to the general guy of like, no, he is our one because he's the one who jumped right, on the fake grenade. Right, they throw the fake grenade, yeah, and he's um, the one who jumps on it, yeah. So there's self-sacrifice, but then there's the choice to sacrifice somebody else. And I, the like, no, we can't just hand Vision over or yeah. we can't kill Vision or whatever, you know, the, the situation requires or anybody that we're not going to make that, we're not going to agree to that choice for somebody else. There has to be another way. Um, yeah, no, no, I'm just, yeah, no, I'm no, very that, curious to watch that I, to, again. I can't this is really helping it. me through it because I yeah. think partially the MCU does such a great job of without to me feeling overdone or maudlin, really boiling the essence of an idea down to a line that then gets you used and, yeah. and repeated. And there's some great examples of that in Infinity War that I was expecting, I guess, the same way that Tony called back specific arguments, specific lines of dialogue from maybe some of the ideas from Cap's mouth to be have that fine of a point as well. Yeah. But I feel like in actions, I got what I wanted because Cap is, has been about, Tony mocks him for saying, and if we lose, we'll do that together too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Cap's perspective is sort of ultimately validated of like, we don't need to do any crazy, weird, dangerous things like building AI shield robots. Yeah. We need to trust each other. We need mm-hmm. to do this together. 
and ultimately he's he's right they they triumph together iron man makes the final sacrifice yeah but they do the, do it all as a team and you know yeah. tony's argument is we need a shield and i feel like captain's response is yes we are the shield all of us together yeah. and maybe we failed before to stop thanos because we weren't together but we mm-hmm. need all of the avengers you know to assemble and that goes really well with what you were saying about vision um and infinity war is that what cap was cap vision kept volunteering to sacrifice himself mm-hmm. and scarlet witch and cap and other people wouldn't let them mm-hmm. wouldn't let him so it almost feels like the the progression the the growth was cap not truly embracing together i'm the leader but i realize everyone here wants to do everything that they can to change this yeah and it is not up to me to tell every individual member of the team who is allowed to sacrifice themselves or not we're all in yeah. this together and that means that i'm not going to stand in your way when you do what you think is is right yeah i'm going to stand next to you and we're going to fight this fight together but yeah but i can't tell you I can't necessarily tell you no. Yeah. Yeah. So I think all the things I wanted were there in the actions. Mm-hmm. I was just searching for them in words. And I'm yeah. really, really excited to see it again to yeah. see if it's there. And I feel like the the uh, the story of Captain America, yes. of like who he is, the, of the resolute and the I will always stand up, uh, you know, the, that, <laughs> yeah. the, the moment where he, the shield is broken, he, he's done his best with the hammer, but yeah. he struggles to stand up when it's just Thanos and then the entire army and all of these badass creatures that they've already killed <laughs> right before all of uh, all, all the back. children of thanos <laughs> uh yeah and the chitari creatures and everything yeah uh and that standing up and feeling like that that's what cap says he he'll do he'll just keep getting up yep. and it feels like almost obviously narratively the rest of the heroes were alive and they were going to come back anyway but just emotionally it feels like Yep, Cap is the one who keeps the spirit alive. Mm-hmm. And by standing up, by believing, by not giving up, he's rewarded when yeah. all of his friends, all of his family, <laughs> when the Avengers assemble behind him because he stood up. You yep, know, obviously exactly. it's not narratively true. They would have yeah. shown up yeah. <laughs> if he didn't stand up. But emotionally but, it feels like that. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I, I 100% agree. Okay, so let's let's get into some. We've touched on them, but let's get into some big themes and ideas. Okay, uh, I am obsessive about themes and ideas, so yeah. I have uh, uh, thoughts, I, but I don't want to trample. <laughs> Do you what? have any theme ideas and thoughts? Um, well, one just because it's in my head because you just mentioned it with the idea of having to do things together. Yeah, which. I guess is kind of the the theme of family, the theme of found family, the theme of we are greater together than we are individually. Uh, and then this is just a, but how much that was shown at the end with the gauntlet, with yeah. the gauntlet running the gauntlet, yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. of different characters um, having to pass it off between each other. But so that as they're running and just, I, I loved that because it could be so cheesy, but I felt like they did it in a way that was not cheesy and really kept that idea of we are here together. We are family. We have to tag team this or sometimes take it all together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I thought that, uh, that was really powerful with, mm-hmm. you know, the, the baton gauntlet, uh, of togetherness. Yeah. And one of the themes that I really liked was articulated in this sort of dark way by Howard Stark. Mm-hmm. 
where he was saying he was afraid his son was going to be like him. And again, right. I'm paraphrasing where Tony's like, well, what do you, you know, what do you mean? What's, what's so bad about you? I'm like, well, uh, you know, I, I, I know what the common good is, but I put my selfish needs first, you know, like and a, just having like Howard Stark have that level of self-knowledge yeah, and know that, yep, you did entirely pass it on to your son. And that's kind of part of what this journey has been about of, mm-hmm. you know, of Tony, putting the common good before selfish needs. But I feel like that general theme echoed so much. It set up that great tension where we cut to a scene of where Cap sees Peggy and you get that contrast of like, if that was Tony, he would open that door and yes. talk to Peggy, but Cap. Yes. It's like not. Mm, mm. Uh, Side so, note, speaking of favorite moments. Yeah. That is perhaps my favorite moment. Oh, when? <laughs> when Cap sees Peggy. Yeah, you grabbed my arm. That was so great. You you tracked that one before I saw it coming. I think you must have saw her name on the door when he went into the office. Well, just when he went in the office, I was like, oh, this is going to happen. And then you just yeah. saw the tur. Yeah. So anyway. You saw it on to, the tur. So great. Back to uh, the big themes. Yeah. So anyway, it, it's presented as this dark thing of like, well, the common good is the hero and then selfish need. But as the events play out, it, it this much more beautiful philosophy of you need to do the common good. You need to do what's best for everybody. You need to be a part of the team and together. Mm-hmm. But what you need as an individual isn't selfish. It's who you are. It's yeah. what matters to you. And sometimes you can make your choice. You can act alone and take your initiative mm-hmm. and, and embrace what you need. So I really liked that Howard Stark kind of framed it in this dark way, but then the actions presented it as, well, our heroes are a little bit more successful and healthy and kind of have their moments of happy ending when they embrace the common good and what they need. Yeah, and sometimes when things go really wrong is when they are trying to ignore what they need or who they are Yeah, and only focus on the common good at the expense of themselves. Right, and trying to be this abstract idea of a hero instead yeah. of an individual. It's an individual hero. Yeah. Yeah. Or just no, an individual, idea. like yes, yeah, yeah. Um, which point. segues into what I think is like to me, like the big, biggest big picture theme, especially for our original six. Yeah, uh, and I think is articulated by uh, Thor's mom uh, when she is talking to Thor about don't try to be the person you think you should be, just be who you are. Mm-hmm. And I feel like all of the original six, in particular their arcs and their narratives are resolved by embracing a part of themselves that they had been trying to get away from earlier in their arcs Mm. or just accept something that they were resisting out of some level of maybe nobility or even hubris. Uh, We talked a little bit about Black Widow. Yeah. You know, of her arc to, uh, you know, really get the red out of her ledger, mm-hmm. you know, and for her to go on this journey of being this, you know, very earthbound spy to being in this extremely cosmic place. Yeah. You know, and being a survivor who, you know, got through anything and to just being like, I want to, I want to sacrifice myself uh, for the team, you know, mm-hmm. just like really at this, at peace with who she is, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think uh, Tony certainly yeah, coming around to, well, I have been the good family man. I have been obsessed with um, with protecting the world of creating a shield. But I can just be a shield. I can just be Iron Man. And I mean, that that line, 
of the Thanos. I am inevitable. I am. And then that giant pause for you to be like, say it, say it, say it, yeah. say it. I, I'm Iron Man. Uh, and, and that they, they actually make that direct in the movie where Pepper has said, like, every time you try to resist who you are, that, yeah, you're Tony Stark, but also you're, you're Iron Man. You want to be the shield that protects the world. That's yeah. what you want to do. You stop trying to stop yourself. You know, so his arc kind of ends by him literally expressing who he is. I am Iron Man. And it's, you know, partially a, a part of himself that he has resisted. Um, and then we talked a little bit about Hulk, too, of Hulk coming yeah. to that. Like, I'm literally marrying the different parts of me instead of, you know, seeing half of myself, the Hulk, as a disease to be cured. Maybe he is the cure, which is another line that kind of just directly supports this, like, bringing the disparate parts of yourself, even the ones you think are flaws, together. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And uh, obviously everything else that's going on with uh, uh, with Hawkeye and balancing his uh, anger and violence tendencies with mm-hmm. wanting to be a family man. And can he put those to rest? Can he? But he's another one who's got a, a show on Disney+, Plus, so maybe that will be moving forward. Maybe that will be him <laughs> being like, trying to be a good family man. But for five years, I viciously slaughtered yeah. criminals. So what do I do now? Uh, yeah, and then uh, 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 Thor is such a great arc for his whole weird story in the MCU that he starts out as this party boy who likes mead and fighting and craves war and is not fit to be a king that's like his journey in the first movie he goes through all of this and he does kind of come back to in this delightfully weird and honest way of like not a king never thought i was a king but i'm just i'm not a leader and honestly like it's kind of who i am i do that i like having buddies and parties (laughs) <laughs> and like it's such a weird arc to have like yeah you found your truth you like beer and hanging around like obviously there's the dark version of that when he lets himself go and yeah. the super funny scenes of him yelling at uh <laughs> kids on a video game and yeah. you know being buddies with uh with korg and all that but i love that that's the end of his arc at least in this chapter of the story it seems like he'll be in guardians of the galaxy but him accepting like not a king not a leader maybe a hero when the moment calls for, but kind of a party dude who likes, who likes to hang out and chill and, and fight, have fun and have adventures. Yeah. And like that, there's all that stuff that I was denying about myself. Yes, there's a negativity to it. And I, and I need to address that. Yeah. But also like there's a core to who I was at the beginning of this whole arc. That's like, that's okay. Yeah. I can find the, the best in the truth of who I am in all of that kind mm. of expressed by, yeah, I like to party. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, I because do. It, it, because I just think in in the flavor of him going to like, ah, I could do anything now with my life, and what I want to do is kind of have weird, fun, dumb adventures with with the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a little meta, but it's also like, yeah, he would perceive it that way. Like, I want to hang out with the tree and the raccoon and the sweet rabbit and just yeah. get into weird adventures. Yeah, and, and have fun and have fun. And that side of it, I absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. And I feel like that is him taking the heart of what his mother is saying, along with the the reality of his, you know, grabbing, reaching for the hammer and be like, I am so worthy. Yes. And that moment that he can be, if you look at it that way, I think it works, that you can say, this is what he can be. He can, he can want to be with people. He can want to go on adventures. He can want to have fun. He can want to 
fight, hopefully for good and not just to go rout us up a fight somewhere. Yeah. But he is within that. He is still worthy. He is still Thor, who was part of the Avengers. And he's also can take that moving forward into new and different realms and adventures. I think with him, I I really liked his arc within this story and his arc getting to to this story. Yeah. But I also really hope that we are not done because I feel like I don't feel like his story is done. I feel like there is a a a general feeling. Uh, fans have certainly said this, and I I wonder if all of the uh, creative brains behind the MCU feel this way of like we really found Thor in his last couple movies. Yeah, that, like we can embrace how funny Chris Hemsworth is. We can embrace that he's he's a prince with the hammer or an axe who, who likes to have fun. Yeah, and is a little vain in all this. And like, let's just really lean into that. Mm-hmm. That it feels like they just want to have fun with him. Yeah, and let him play a little bit more. And yeah. and having him team up with the Guardians, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, especially after we saw the you know the great pairing both here and in the previous movie with him and the sweet rabbit. Yeah, the sweet <laughs> rabbit, and it paired it paired off really well. Uh, yeah, I really love the I am worthy moment uh, because I think it does it, it ties into all these ideas of, um, yep, you can have flaws, but you can also try to just embrace the truth of who you are, and that might include some flaws, but that doesn't yeah. mean you aren't worthy. So I like that he is. That's how he's handled his grief. He's yeah. let himself go. He can't find, I mean, this brave as guardian who can't find the bravery to let Jane see him in his emotionally diminished state. Yeah. You know, I don't even, uh, I think all the things about him, his letting his body go is funny, but I don't feel like that scene was about, she can't see me because, you know, I'm not at the peak of my muscle belt. I think it was much more about like, I feel broken. I feel sad. I feel like I failed. I can't let her see me like this. Yeah. So to have his hammer come to him when like, it's not about being perfect. You can be weak. You can have regret. You can be sad. Yeah. And you're still worthy. Yeah. Was like, damn. Yeah. I feel like that's a great theme of the movie of the, yes, you have flaws and you are still worthy. Yeah. Um, and then obviously I want to talk about it uh, some more, but Cap trying to be a man at a time, yeah. trying to be a leader. You know, it's, it comes naturally to him to be a hero and a leader, I think, uh, more naturally. But just accepting that inevitability of himself of, but I am a kid from Brooklyn and all I ever wanted is go on that dance with Peggy Carter. And yeah. for, I think that's his... His part of this, embrace who you truly are, not who you think you should be. Yep. And, you know, don't face a challenge just because it's a challenge. Because like, he could have just been like, I'm going to keep living in the world because that's the challenge I've set for myself in the modern world. And like, but I don't have to. I could I could be who I truly am. I'm, I'm from the Brooklyn. I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from another time. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think also um, one of the things that I liked about the um the relationship between him and Iron Man throughout this movie is as they did come together and they do want to fight uh, fight for humanity not not fight each other <laughs> um but they do want to move forward you know like that moment when they when Iron Man or uh, Tony Stark asks if he trusts him he's like yes because they both want to be here they both ideally would like to make it through yeah but there's that moment of um you've got to live your life. Right. And I feel like one, maybe one of the realizations that cap has come to through the five years, you know, he's in this health Mm. health group 
he keeps saying like, yep, we've got to find our ways to move forward. And look at you, you went on a date. That's good. You're moving forward and um, you're trying and it's all about trying. And I feel like he finally is finding his like, okay, I have the ability to go back in time. It's not going to mess things up. We'll if talk I more s- about that. Okay. Maybe, maybe <laughs> not. We'll find out. But he, he has his moment of his truth of, I have to try. I yeah. have to try and see if I can do this. I need to try and see if I can go on my, have a dance with Peggy Carter. Yeah. And he has that line again, paraphrasing at the end when he comes back is, is old man Rogers. Yeah. Oh my God, I wanted to try this life that, that Tony showed me. Yep. I want to try this life that the guy we met is the irresponsible playboy says it's so good. This whole family life thing, <laughs> um, you know, and that unlocked uh, uh, for me, I think even, even more uh, feelings about black widow's arc. Yeah. Where in some of the movies, in in the some of the controversial scenes in Age of Ultron, where she is expressing that you know she feels like not only was she made to be a killer, but uh, she can't have kids, she can't have family. I understand why it's controversial. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I totally uh, agree with people being upset about that. But in mm-hmm. terms of being put on the table as something that, uh, in theory, she should want is a family. Mm-hmm. That she should want, you know, the good life with family. And that seems to me like what the movie was doing, this movie, Endgame, was doing with her expressing, like, who am I really? Not not who should I try to be, but who am I really is. My family was a bunch of superheroes doing good. And that's what family is to me. That's all family is to me. That's why I'm okay sacrificing myself. I don't need or want this life that I'm supposed to have had. Yeah, I want this life mm-hmm. that I have had uh, is a great thematic way of her embracing her true, true yeah. self. Yeah. Um, uh, I also wanted to touch on for big themes. And themes, it, it, uh, maybe theme is not the word because it's just in some ways the plot. <laughs> but I loved how everything was motivated by loved ones and family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and MCU has al- always been a lot about you know, found family and connection and all that. But so many superhero stories are about family as liability, mm-hmm. about personal life as liability. Yeah. And the MCU has never been as big on secret identities mm-hmm. as, you know, a lot of classic DC stuff. And, and you know, even in, in the comic book, some, uh, some uh, Marvel stuff. Uh, but the fact that this was, this whole movie was such a turning on its head of the idea that, that, Oh, family is your weakness, and if your villains find out that you're, that this whole thing was about, I'm fighting for my family. My yeah. family is the reason to do this, and for some people, it's the found family, and for a lot of people, it's the literal, you know, romantic partners and children mm-hmm. and nations, and but just that idea that family at, is what makes it worthwhile, n- mm-hmm. not a liability. Yes, yeah, yeah. that that change of that frequent trope yeah 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 uh and i think it made a lot of the choices richer because it was so explicit yeah yeah you know with with cap going like i'm gonna try this life and with iron man going like great we can change the past but we can't change what has happened we cannot you know right erase what i've what i've had with pepper and and my daughter yeah and all that yeah um all right so any other uh favorite lines scenes moments characters that kind of thing do you have any lists going (laughs) so many lists i've managed to throw a lot of them in there um one other one that i just really liked 
Uh, and I look forward to seeing it again to see if it is truly <laughs> there or is something that I just read into a moment, but I think it's there. Um, at the end, when Cap is going back to put the stones, you know, back in their places and they count to five and he's supposed to be there and there's that beat and he's not there and Bucky just smiles. Right, because Bucky knows. Because Bucky knows. And I love that moment of their um, their friendship and their really deep, you know, found family, their, but their really deep connection. I love the the um, the through lines of the connections throughout different movies and throughout different characters. Yeah. But for them, that real deep knowledge of each other at their core. Yeah. From being his in Brooklyn that he's like, nope. He's not coming back. Yeah, and there's almost a wink and a nod between them using actual dialogue from the first Avenger of like, don't do anything stupid until I get back. How could I, you know? Yeah, you're taking all the stupid with you, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that that was really, yeah. really so that, great. I think that's my my other main one that I really, in terms of a, a small line that I yeah, really liked. Yeah, yeah. How about you? Um, yeah, so for, for lines, I just wrote down some of the ones that, struck me as really funny is an incredibly funny movie for you know big blockbuster bittersweet and you know all that yeah um nothing's weird to me i get emails from a raccoon yeah that's just it sums it up yeah just the way (laughs) (laughs) the way it was all compiled into one beautiful line yeah um so much funny stuff with hulk but i think one of my favorites was the whole like very funny sequence with him trying to make the time travel work and uh, Scott Lang changing ages and lots of great funny lines from Scott Lang and amazing Paul Rudd delivery yeah. of like, I don't know if it's young me or old me who be in the suit or just me, me. Yeah. Lines that are funny that are elevated by Paul Rudd really playing with the delivery of them. So they shake up your expectation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that whole scene ended with the Hulk extending his hands and doing time travel. Like the like <laughs> the sort of the ta-da quality of like <laughs> did it guys it's just so pitch perfect. I uh, forgot about that. So funny. Um that is America's ass. Uh oh yes. Yeah, the yes. jokes about that, which again I think play with meta because a lot of people uh have opinions that the Captain America suit from Avengers was is a little bit too bright and old fashioned, and Chris Evans himself is on record of not being sure about that and liking his Winter Soldier costume. And when he went to do Age of Ultron, telling Whedon, like, I'd really like to keep my Winter Soldier costume. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, there's that meta commentary on the costume. And yeah. uh, there's a funny joke, but I felt like it just, to me, it was really funny when it came out of Cap's mouth because it felt like growth. Yeah. It felt like we have seen him not be concerned that other people swear. Yes. And just for him to be able to kind of reflect on his own self and the meta-ness of all that was a a delicious way to me uh, worked. Anyway, uh, my last uh, just really line moment that I liked, there were so many different callbacks to lines from previous films. I love that in order to, to really underline that emotional feeling of Cap stood up in that fight with Thanos. And then he's rewarded by everybody coming for him. That's not only Sam that he hears first, but yeah. on your left, which yeah. is that great callback to the first scene in uh, Winter Soldier where yeah. they meet was just so powerful. No, that was that was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, there were definitely a lot of moments in that final battle scene once everybody came back that 
yeah, that were wonderful and powerful. Yeah, yeah. And I should say about that family theme, you know, the idea that it, it's not just that family's motivation, but that you, your strength, you know? Yeah. Down to the literal of like, uh, yeah, Pepper Potts has an <laughs> Iron Man costume that they that he's clearly Iron Man in those five years hasn't just been like, yeah, I can just relax. He's still paranoid and worried about keeping everybody safe and so he's like yep i'm, I'm, I'm gonna make you a suit you and you've tried it on before yep now, now you're gonna have it and you're gonna know how to use it you know yeah. yeah yeah so everybody's family coming not only to to be motivation for their actions but to fight alongside them it's mm-hmm. so cool yeah um i want to talk a little bit about the captain america choices at the end yes yes, yes. so i really wanted and expected peggy carter to be Acknowledged in the movie in some way. Yeah. Uh, I think during our Infinity War review, I had imagined in my head a scenario where maybe they get the power of the Infinity Stones and then they are tempted to make changes. Yeah. And I thought like, ooh, that might be interesting. And I, I like what happened in the movie much better where it was just like... Where this, he saw her? Yeah, yeah. Where it wasn't a like a conflict of should I abuse the power of the Infinity Stones? But yes. this became a just like, this is a possibility. So I've already seen articles... Yeah. Of a, a cap traversy <laughs> of the idea of does does him going back to exactly what point in time we don't know because mm-hmm. that house you know that they're dancing in to the beautiful song by Jules Stein and Sammy Kahn, <laughs> Harry James Orchestra, <laughs> Kitty Callen singing. Uh, I love that song and already knew all those things about it. Um, uh, it, it. So we don't know exactly when he he went back, right? But uh, it is in canon that Peggy had a husband and children. So did he disrupt that? Mm-hmm. Did he disrupt the rules of time travel that the movie was very playful with, where we had this very specific thing with the Infinity Stones, we'll create this branching alternative timeline yep. versus the other one, the other speech from Banner and a couple of other people of like, Time travel doesn't work in the movies. It's not like, oh, you bump into yourself and the whole universe collapses. It's not like, oh, you're going to change time. You know, time is time. Yeah. Uh, So I understand the movie is trying to give itself a little bit of elbow room, but this really highlights, okay, so what happened? And then the other thing I've seen is that there's some people being concerned that it is, what would Cap do? If we are to believe that he went back to, let's say, exactly... 1945 or Uh or if he adjusted for his own age and he went back in 1952 or whenever to catch up with peggy's age yeah um that uh would he what does he do is he a hero this whole time you know how does he how do people like howard stark react to the fact that captain america is alive he knows that bucky is being tortured and used can he resist doing anything so those are all of the ideas that are out there yeah or does he just have a quiet life in a bungalow because he knows that captain america reappears 70 years from when he went into the ice and he can't and he can't do anything now yeah and that's by choosing to go back and have a dance with peggy is he choosing to not do anything else yeah is he just like working in soup kitchens and fundraising because to him heroism is heroism it's yeah. not just being a soldier and punching people yeah or did he go back and have a dance with peggy but she's already married to somebody else and 
he doesn't say who the ring is for. Is it somebody else? It does leave that possibility open, <laughs> but I 100% reject it in my heart. I, I, I just, I, I just had to throw no, it out there. I know, but I was so frightened in the movie that it wasn't, that they weren't going to show us Peggy and just give us that completion of that story of that arc. Yeah. But uh, here's my thing. Yeah. Is I feel like uh, as fans, we can be in a danger sometimes of making assumptions and then uh, building a lot of opinions on assumptions. I feel like what the movie was partially telling us in Cap's funny line when when uh, Sam is like, want to tell me about this woman? And he's like, no, no, I don't. I feel like that is explicitly saying, look, everybody, you don't know the story. We're not telling you the whole story. Yep. So if you're just assuming he went back to April 8th, 1952, so they could both be exactly the same age together, and then they lived their whole life. Like, he, he implies that they lived a long, happy family life together, but there's nothing that saying like, um, yeah, I'm Captain America. I went back and got my shield from somewhere. I also have uh, Mjolnir, and uh, I come back every night, and I have dinner with Peggy, uh, but then I am cosmic time hopping warrior <laughs> of justice throughout all time and space like yeah. we don't know that he didn't do that yeah true. we don't know that it's an alternate timeline where he you know went to dr strange and said hey is there any way i have a i have an appointment in this timeline mm-hmm. can you help me you know bend myself back so i can give the shield to sam and say goodbye because they're all expecting me yeah. I have a date at that end of time, right. too, and I'm not missing that date. Right. You know, we just, I guess to me, there's like, we don't know it's an opportunity for imagination yeah. to me until they decide ever to share one of those stories. Yeah. And I think that's part of what I like about it is like, is that it, um, to me, it makes sense because he was so close to that temptation when he saw her through the window and he didn't do anything because he's Cap, he's got a... He's he had a job to, do to finish. He has a job he has to do. She's got in the middle of work that it's like <laughs> wrong place, wrong time. And um, but the fact that he goes back and then that we see him. So we know he's okay. Whatever happened, he's okay. He made it to the appointment just in a slightly different fashion than expected. <laughs> and then that air of mystery about what it is, we know he got to see Peggy one more time. Yeah. But we don't we don't actually know beyond that. First, like you said, like we don't know exactly what happened, and I and I like that. I yeah. think that's part of why I like it so much, is that at this point, it is a mystery. It is a place for imagination. It is. It's part of the like, what happened? Yeah. Are there five stories? Is there one story? Are there twenty five stories? Yeah. And to me, it's like uh, I, I saw some other uh, another criticism of like, well, how could he leave Bucky? You know, what happened to I'll be with you to the end of the line? Like, Bucky understood. For the two of them, that was the end of the line. Bucky's healed. Yeah. And he gets to live his life going yeah. forward. And Bucky knows that his friend wants this life. It, Bucky is so knowing that, that it, those are not scenes of abandonment. No. Those are scenes of, of a best friend saying to another best friend, like, I know what you need, my friend. Go, go have what you need. Yeah. Which is your life back then or some. Yeah version of or some it. version yeah yeah and we don't know and I, for me too it's just like uh <laughs> you never know with the way uh media works in this day and age <laughs> what we're gonna see and yeah. i can imagine this great scene of of cap and peggy 
kept going to Peggy like, all right, this, you've seen some weird stuff, but let me tell you, I'm traveling back in time. Yeah. If you choose to go with me, things are going to change for you. Do you want this? Like, there's no way that Cap doesn't tell her. Oh, there's yeah. No, no, Cap no, just no, like, no. There's no way, like, she's about to get married to Agent Souza, who they implied she's going to marry in the Agent Carter TV show. Just implied. Um, there's no way they just, like, they're at their wedding and Cap breaks the dope and says, right. no, Peggy, me. I object. Like, yeah. that's not Cap. No. You know? No, no. And that's and that's not. And when I say, like, they go back when he has one dance with her and then that's it. That's not what I mean. And, right. Yeah. I just feel like there's a lot of possibilities there. There's a lot of possibilities. And I really, I, it was, to me, the stakes worked, the character arc works, that Black Widow sacrificed herself. Yeah. That Iron Man sacrificed himself. I didn't need or want a just slaughterhouse on the battlefield of these characters. Yeah. But Cap's character was clearly one that they want to say, this is the end of his story. And if we never see him again, it is emotionally satisfying. Yeah. And I love that we ended my fave Cap story at just a beautifully emotionally satisfying place. A place I think that's really informed by that theme of, yes, service. Yes, leadership yes being a hero yes teamwork but also you need to be true to yourself or you're not going to be good at any of those other things yeah and to see him say like this is who i am this is what i need this is the part of myself that i can't deny yeah uh is so powerful and the the door is open if 10 years from now chris evans is like yeah you know what being captain america is pretty awesome can we make a movie of me being cosmic avenger through time and space with my shield (laughs) and mjolnir or it can just be hey there is a new Captain America movie that stars, you know, uh, Sam Wilson as Captain America, but he has old man Rogers for advice. Yeah. You know, who's who's retired, <laughs> but, he'll, you know, he'll visit him and get get some words of wisdom from old man Rogers. I love that that those doors are open. Yeah. Well, also, I would be happy and satisfied if they if they don't feel like they need to be opened. It yeah. feels like cap came to a close yeah and i think that's also that's part of what i'm reacting to is there needed to be a finish and i'm very satisfied with this finish yeah and i'm also really satisfied that it was the final beat of the movie yeah yeah because there were so many things about this that did feel like the ultimate comic book movie that fight uh, the at the end uh, the big uh uh just coming together of all of these heroes but there was so much about this movie that felt like the MCU really leaning into like, we're doing our own thing. Cause there's this movie that's just like, this is a buddy comedy. This is, you know, a heist movie with a little heist jazz score in the yeah. background. Uh, this is a family drama. And I love that it just let itself end this story on this truly, you know, visually stunning, just romantic moment. And, you know, when we end on that romantic peaceful fulfilling emotionally moment we don't cut to like action music yeah like that a quote-unquote comic book movie should have yeah that it just keeps having that just like lush peaceful score it does because we have the lush peaceful score by alan svestri (laughs) who i believe joined the mcu with captain america so it feels like such a nice through line for and i i don't remember exactly which uh, movies he scored or not, but he did do Cap- the first Captain America movie. He did do at least some, if not all, of the Avengers movies. So there does 
there is that great continuity. There, yeah, that really yeah. connective Literally. tissue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we always okay. ask, uh, what did the movie want you to do, make you want to do when you left the theater? Ooh, uh, watch it again and <laughs> right. talk about it a lot. Yeah. Those are kind of the two main things. Yeah. I, th- those are those too literal? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, and like I said before, when I asked this question, it's partially because like when I was a kid, I was like, if it was a car racing movie, I'd want to race a car. If it was a Star Wars movie, I'd want to have a lightsaber, you know? Right, right, and, right. And it's going to see it again. It wasn't an option. So it's like, okay, now I want to act based on that movie. Yeah, just like, you know, in sometimes in my adult life when I've seen a movie, I'm like, that makes me want to write a movie like that. Or like, just makes me want to, you know? It, yeah. And honestly, like some of the Captain America movies is like, I want a shield. Uh, <laughs> But this one just emotionally just made me feel like spending time with the people I love. Like totally. it was so much about that and not in a, I feel like it's such an easy moral to be just like, we don't know what our movie's about. How about family? How about the importance of family? It can be, I think, an overdone, you know, oversweet theme. Oh, yeah. It, but this was so earned and so honest. Yeah. And that it just made me just feel like I want to touch base with the people I love. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's, and you've said this throughout that when you say family for this, it's very much found family and not necessarily, it can be blood family, but it can be found family. Yeah, it I mean, it's both. The people that, um, that make you fulfill, that fulfill you, that fill a place in your heart that you want to be part of your life. Right. That help make you who you are. Yes, exactly. Yeah. No, I would say that's the next thing that it made me want to do and also to just um kind of take stock and evaluate yeah and in in that way of like okay well what are the things that are really important um or the people that are really important or what are the actions that are really important um it's a good it's a good evaluation you know and a possible end of the world movie is good for making you evaluate things Yeah, evaluate your choices. Yeah. Yeah, but I accept your answer of going to the movie again because I want to go to the movie again and <laughs> I would be doing it with you, someone I love, who yeah. helps make me who I am. So really, so us seeing the movie again is just really <laughs> celebrating the themes of it the movie. It is, it is. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to ask one more fun question and then we'll do our How Obsessed Are You questions. If you could visit any moment in your own history <laughs> the way the characters in the movie do, do you have any idea where you would visit? I don't. I don't, I just, that I feel like I should have such a good answer to that one. And I feel like there's, part of it would be like, what's the purpose? Is it because I'm trying to observe something that happened? Am I trying to interact with something that Change happened? Change something that happened? Change yeah. something, take something away. Um, a fun moment, a serious moment. Uh, is there a time where I needed a nudge and could have been like, eh, this, you know, road over here to the left is closed. Turn right. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly don't don't have a great moment okay yeah it's a hard one because i feel like what makes this time travel uh, device feel fresh is i mean yes it's back to the future too so fresh uh, you know take it with a grain of salt so many interact with your own self in the past are stories of either trying to change what you did or give yourself some piece of information yeah or this desperate uh attempt to stay away from yourself and i like it it's just like this was so interesting to just be like, we know the stones are where we are, and this is not about our past selves. Yeah. They're just there. We need the stones. Yeah. Uh, was really, I think what it did is really have these great moments of let letting the characters see themselves and other characters and us, the audience, in different contexts. Uh-huh. Like the super literal version of that with Peter Quill, 
where when you can hear his music, he seems like this charming, romantic guy having this fun, carefree dance. Yeah. And we know the connection to his mother, all that. And then when we cut out and it's just him dancing like an idiot and we see the character from the other character's perspective. Like, yeah. So I think to me, it's a hard one to figure out because if you ask somebody, what moment would you go back and tell yourself something? Or what moment would you go back and change? We've all thought about that. But like, yeah. what moment of your life would you like to go back to and just stand around and see yourself <laughs> from the outside? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird one. Do you have a good one? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have a good one. I think because I, because this whole experience in this movie made me kind of reflect on my life. I think there there's a couple like, moments of like uh shows that i've done that have made me feel like ah oh, maybe i want to go this direction in my life kind of like seminal moments yeah uh and i think you know i i this is a shock i'm not a superhero what uh, you know so big moments of action to me because i'm a performer and a comedian feel like big moments of, of comedy so feeling like the closest i would get to being able to like visit myself at the end of the avengers would be see a show that like watch myself do a show, yeah, and no, and watch myself do a show that I know is going to change my life. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good answer. Here's another one, uh-huh. and then we'll move on. I would go back to the first time that you and I ever actually saw one another, or the first time that I that we interacted. That we interacted. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, I would go back to all of them because we met in a in long convoluted way. Yeah. <laughs> and there's one particular interaction that I want to see again. Yeah. Yeah, I would I there, I mean for for watching I would certainly I would go back for that. Yeah. Um Do you know the interaction I'm talking about? I think so. <laughs> this has become a suddenly fraught <laughs> podcast. Are you okay if I say it out loud? <laughs> go for it. Uh yes, there was a time where you came to deliver a present to someone else, but you came to <laughs> the apartment that I had with uh the woman I dated before you and I. Yes, yes, together. that is not what I was thinking of. So I that's... was thinking of yeah, because <laughs> I think I'm not ninety nine percent I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think that's the first time that I might have seen you. It might have been because I, I had seen heard you about sh- you and you had yeah. heard, watched me do shows, I'd but I hadn't you seen shows. you in the audience. I don't think I'd ever talked to you before. Yeah. Or more than just like, hi, you're here to see a show and I know that people that we have mutual friends in common. But, yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think that's going to be my ultimate answer of those moments oh, that one. have so much more impact than you can know at the time. Yeah. Uh, and to be able to go back and know exactly what the moment was instead of your muddled memories yeah 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 that's that's a good one what moment were you thinking of our interactions it was a later moment where we it was one of the first conversations i remember having with you where we were at a friend's house at a party yes we were not there together but we were having a conversation and i feel like that is the first time i had a a, any sort of like long conversation with you i think so too yeah yeah i would love to to. watch that would be fun i all i remember i only remember the impression i remember of making jokes to try to make you like me not not like me like me at that right. point because neither of us were at that point yeah then. No. uh but i just had that like oh she's so cool i want her to think highly of me 
<laughs> I shall try to make some jokes. Aw, yay. All right, we will move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. Uh, this has been a, a very long episode because we love this long movie so much, uh, but we'll get through these a little faster. Okay. You've already answered this, in fact. The first one is, <laughs> Do you did you immediately want to see this movie again? Yes, I did. Me too. Done and done. Yep. If you went to a party and this movie was the only thing you were allowed to talk about, would you be happy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least any time in the near future. And uh, if it could be conversation and not like me having to monologue about the movie. I mean, I could do that too, but it would be more fun to have conversations. Yeah. Since we've just been talking about interacting with people. Yeah. I'm a definite yes on this one. Yeah. Uh, partially because I'm lucky to have lots of people who want to talk about mm-hmm. Avengers with me, but also just feel like it, it opens up so many interesting ideas. Oh, yeah. No. That I, I could try to ask people about. Good. We're both definite yeses. Yeah. And hear theories and everything. Would you ever want to be transported into the reality of this movie? <laughs> it's a particularly terrifying uh, one, right? Yeah, it really depends on what time. Uh, because in the middle of that battle, no, I would be one of the ones who would get shot right away. So not really. Um, <laughs> but if it were, if it were to be transported to uh, to observe, perhaps. If it would be to be uh, trans- taking my skill set, like if it were to be transported to say, okay, this has happened. The battle has happened. It's the next, it's a month later. Yeah. And they're like, okay, how do we talk about this? How do we preserve what we have now for future history? You know, this, how do we talk Ooh. about this in the future? Like if we can, if I can take like my museum skills and that side of things, then yes. And talk to the people and try to figure out like and be part of that process absolutely i'd be in for that yeah um and there's certainly other parts that i would be willing to be transported if i could just be hanging out on the roof you know watering plants watching bruce banner and uh i'm just gonna blank on tilda swinton yeah chatting. the ancient one yeah yeah the ancient one chatting yeah i would totally be the gardener <laughs> up there watering plants okay Happily. fair enough i like that that's a that's a very good answer uh, yeah, I'm totally with you on, I would like to be transported into the end of this movie for safety reasons, <laughs> but also I so love the way they handled it of like, yep, the whole universe knows everyone, dis- half the half the universe disappeared for five years, but they're back now. Yeah. I Because I was afraid it was going to be just a reset and it was going to be one of those things where like the audience and our main heroes know what happened, but everything else just proceeds. So it's just such a fascinating, and I'm sure the MCU will play with this, uh, but it's such a fascinating world to live in to say like, well, the world fell apart, the universe fell apart because there weren't enough of us to work together the way we normally do. Yeah. Now we're back. So we have joy, but we still have some problems. How do we, does this help, does this situation help us move forward? Yeah. What did we learn in the time that? half of our loved ones were gone. Yeah. You know? And are there places where things did work better during those five years that we just didn't see in the film? And how do they move forward? Like, I just yeah. I would love to see the universal picture. Yeah. Um, in the focus. Beyond, yeah. beyond Earth. Yeah. Abs- oh, yeah. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe we'll get that in whatever the sequel to Captain Marvel is. Yeah. Because there's certainly going to be one Yay! or two or three. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Uh, would you buy and wear underwear based on a specific character or moment from this movie? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you already I mean, have. I, th- I feel like I, uh, yes, I mean, yes. 
but I mean like real specific. Okay. Like if I uh, if I bought you some undergarments of, of any kind, yeah. that was the exact moment of the Ancient One uh, smashing Bruce Banner out of Hulk's body. Yeah. Would you be like, cool? <laughs> or would you be like, that's too specific of a moment. I don't know if I need to celebrate that or... I mean, so here's, here's, we've talked about this before, uh, because part of me is like, well, that's a really cool moment. Like, I would want a tank top of that. Yeah. But then I don't wear a lot of really specific, big graphic things. So then yeah. it's like, but would I actually wear that? That, that moment, probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, if it, but, and at the same time, it's like, well, underwear I'm willing to wear that I wouldn't necessarily wear is a shirt. Yeah. Or like, I don't want pants of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to wear that. Um, so, I, there are moments that would not be the moment that I would want. Um, as much as I love Captain Marvel, sky flying through the ship and the yeah, ship breaking, you'd... I don't know that I need a ship breaking on my underwear. Like that just seems a little... <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, not what I want. All right. How about you? Well, here's What the are the thing. moments you want and you don't want? Uh, I'm taking notes. I, I, yeah, I, well, I certainly don't want like Thanos. Like, screw that guy. Yeah. Man, this movie. Ugh. Yeah. He yeah, they uh, Infinity War did a great job of like, oh, he's a monster, but we're, but we're seeing his perspective. Mm-hmm. And this one is just like, oh, I I I had visceral hatred. Yeah. For Thanos, very successful yeah. on and, that. Yes, absolutely. Um, but what I want is as soon as the uh statue of limitations on spoilers allow merch to do this, I want underwear with Captain America holding his shield in Mjolnir. Mm, yeah i want that yeah. emblazoned on my buttocks <laughs> via the power of underwear form? Okay. in yeah. cloth form not yes. a tattoo yes okay just just <laughs> confirming i do not want to be america's ass literally <laughs> as much as i like that line yeah yeah i think my line would be um i'm happy to have fun images i'm happy to have moments from the film i don't want sad moments no no sad like, moments. i don't want sad moments um on, that's just kind of a line for me i think yeah no i don't want to i don't want to shower curtain you know celebrating yeah i'm not even gonna say any sad things no more yeah. sad things we're, yeah. we're getting to we the end of the podcast okay. no more sad things i'd also accept underwear with the hulk's arms outstretched saying time travel <laughs> <laughs> Would you strand someone you love on a desert island with only this movie? Um, do they have a means of watching the movie or is <laughs> yes, it just like it's a not physical just disc? Like, <laughs> look at the Blu-ray and see if you can get the sun's light to make it. No. If if they have a means of viewing the movie and they have a means of pausing the movie. So it's not like on a repeat, just like For a hologram hours. in the yeah. sky nonstop. While oh, they're yeah, living yeah, on yeah. This, that I would not do either. Um, yeah. I, yes. I feel like it's maybe one that would give... Uh, courage and belief that they would find a way to get off an actual like um, inspiration that they would find a way to get off yeah, a deserted island. Yeah, there's hope in the darkest times. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it would be nicer if it's somebody who knew the MCU. Yeah. You know, I don't know that this is the one I would strand my mother with on a deserted island. It would be a cruel movie if you're like, I've never had any interest in MCU. I've never seen any other movies. Yeah. You know, and this is one of the things that we noted uh, before of like, the beginning of this movie requires that you watched and paid attention to the end credit <laughs> scenes of both Captain Marvel and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like yeah. people were right when they were like Solo and Ant-Man and the Wasp came out at the same time. And some people were like, yeah, uh, I don't need to see Solo to understand the next Skywalker saga movie. Like I need to see Ant-Man and the Wasp, if only for the end credits, to understand what happens next in the MCU. And damn, 
they were right yes. on a narrative basis. Yes. That yeah. you're lost. Yeah, absolutely. And I I feel like people did feel that way a little bit about Ant-Man. Of like, I wanted to see this to get the introduction to this character. But holy smoke, did you need to have seen Ant-Man and Wasp because of all of the things on the quantum realm that are like the key to this entire movie. So, yeah. Yes. I lost what the question was. I just got so excited to talk you more about sh- Ant-Man and Wasp because strand- I haven't talked about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> you would strand everyone oh. but your mother. No, no. Okay. <laughs> I would strand many people. Here's here's what actually what I was thinking. I think it would be fascinating if somebody was stranded on... Not, okay, this is me and I'm not actually going to do this. But if, I, if somebody were stranded on a deserted island, had not seen the MCU, just had this movie, got to watch it a lot, and like what would they take away... For who those characters are, what the story is, what happens if they don't have any of the backstory, but they watch it over and over again. Like, what are the hints? Because there's a lot of hints, actually, in this movie. So I think that would be a fascinating conversation. I think it does a great job of having so many moments for fans. Like, on your left is more powerful if you know I am Iron Man is more powerful if you've been celebrating that moment yeah. from that. I can do this all day. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I was I was uh, quoting Captain America to himself, which is, I thought was a great use yeah. of that. I can do that. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. I, know I know the line I've said before. Um, but I think it also does it just a really great job, especially with the original six, of making their arcs and what's at stake for them really clear. Yeah. Cap, you know, reintroduces the idea of Peggy. Yep. Uh, Nat sets up very clearly. This is all I ever wanted to do or be is yeah. an Avenger, be a hero. The point is, I think they do a lot, a good job of uh, resetting the stakes. I do too. Yeah. For the main characters. So yeah. It's still enjoyable. So I would strand so many people. No. <laughs> if they were already stranded. That's yes. the question. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would not strand anyone. <laughs> all right. Here's your final how obsessed are you question. If in order to see this movie again, you had to get past not sweet rabbit, rocket raccoon but an actual feral raccoon would you try to get around the raccoon oh i mean so there's the whole thing about like which which animals are actually nasty yeah i think raccoons are pretty far out there i might be wrong but i think they are uh yeah i'd try pretty hard to get past the feral raccoon yeah if it were like a giant feral raccoon in the doorway of the movie theater I would find a different movie theater because I live <laughs> in an era of many choices. Right. But if it were, if it were like possible to get past the rabbit, if I had to be clever, raccoon, ra- raccoon um, and it was not like a giant raccoon in the doorway, yeah, that I would. I, no, I'm I'm not a hero. I'm not a superhero. Yeah, I'm my own hero, in my own little way. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my okay. Semi yes, semi no answer. Yeah. I would leap over that raccoon. I know you would. (laughs) All right. On a scale of 1 to 21, 21 being the highest, 1 being the lowest, how obsessed are you with this movie right now? Right now, I'm I'm 18, 17, 18, right around there. Nice, nice. All right. I'm going to go up to 20. Yeah. The 21, I can't go to 21 just because the the world has other demands of me yeah. but like today this is great that we can record this podcast and just like i just want to sit in this world and think about this world you know and just kind of be in this world yeah uh for a while because i just think it is not only this movie but everything they accomplished is so rich and there's so much to think about and there's so much to just enjoy yeah yeah and so much still to tell 
Yeah. Which just is amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Even though there are no end credits, we know the adventure will continue. I know. And I'm so excited. I just, all of the characters that we haven't had time to talk about, I'm just excited to see what they do next. I'm just going to put that out there as a blanket statement. Right. Yeah. We got some really fun moments with with people who are going to continue that great look from Doctor Strange and, you know, holding, holding up the finger. This is, yeah. this is the one, Tony. Yeah. yeah. Um, Some great Scarlet Witch action. Great. I love that Scarlet Witch. Just pure. You took everything from me. And I love, again, letting her be as powerful as she is. Yeah. That she was taking it to Thanos. Yeah. You know. Yep. And some great Black Panther action. Yeah. Great yeah. Black Panther. Uh, great Spider-Man stuff. Yes. And, and all with all these characters that we get, know we'll get to celebrate yep. some more. Uh, and we always get to reflect on our original six yes. and perhaps see them more again. Uh, noise, oh. a noise to sum up your obsession with Avengers Endgame. Uh, do you want to go first or last? Oh, I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> if, if that's okay. Sure. Uh, okay. Time travel. (laughs) What was the first noise? Just running excitement? It it was just like all the fury and fighting and anger and earth shattering. And I was trying to capture all of it. Oh, that's great. (laughs) That that rising energy. Into some flying because, you know, we got some people got to go into space for the first time. Yeah. Time travel. Nice. Nice. Uh, I think uh, for me... If I could sing, it would be humming. It's been a long, long time. Mm-hmm. I'm not a great singer, so I will not do that to the audience. So instead, uh, my noises will be the ones that I made building up to Cap taking the hammer. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was so great. Aww. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time to do this uh, mega bonus episode uh, about Avengers Endgame and uh, sharing all your thoughts and feelings with oh, me. Oh, my pleasure. And I also look forward to continuing to talk to you about this because we are both probably going to continue to be obsessed about it for a little bit and that we get to hopefully go see the movie again. Yes, absolutely. In fact, let's do that right now. Thank you very much. I'm off. That has been our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Obsessed.